You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Come on! Here we go. It's another edition of Bears Nation podcast. I'm back. Josh Lyles is back. So you don't hear have to hear the two buffoons doing it by themselves. <laughs> Kevin Lapp and Chris Nano are in the building. And this is different. We can actually see each other right now. Very weird. Um, you know, previously I'd only seen Josh's face. So that was, it was interesting to see Chris and Kevin. I once saw Chris's doppelganger at a bar. So Honestly, it's it's literally, I just thought that's the exact same thing, but here we are. This is new. We're trying something new. We're expanding. We're not expanding, but we're evolving, you know, so we're, we we're, that's, uh, that's the right we're doing new stuff. So here we go. The gang, the band is back together and we're talking about some bear stuff as usual, because this is bears nation podcast and there's a lot coming down the pipe. It's combine right now. The draft is coming up. Free agency starts in a couple of weeks. So Let's just get into it because we do have a lot to talk about. And I'm trying to find my list of stuff that I sent earlier in our group chat. I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling. And this is staying in the podcast. All right, here we go. First topic, the news that Kevin and Chris just missed by a couple hours. This came out right after they recorded last week. Uh, The Bears released a couple starters from last year. Taylor Gabriel, out. Prince of Mukamara, out. So that saves about $13 million in cap space just over. And I know a lot of us were fond of Taylor Gabriel, especially. Um, Prison Mukamara was a great contributor. He was awesome in his first year of that contract. How do we feel? I mean, how do we feel coming out of this? Uh, Kevin, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, these are moves that had to be made. I mean, there, there was just too much money on the table to let these guys stay on the roster. And we knew this was imminent. Uh, we we kind of saw this coming. But, you know, these guys were core players, uh, key contributors to that, you know, fantastic 2018 season. So they should not be forgotten by Bears fans. You know, Prince Mukamura contributed to one of the greatest Bears defenses of all time. Uh, Turbo Taylor made some incredible, incredible plays uh, that we'll be seeing for, for years to come. So um, great players, key contributors to the team in the, in the past few years, but just too much money on the table to keep them on the roster. Yep. Um, you know, I, I agree with that. I think, you know, I, I think we brought it up at the end of last season on one of the one of the last podcasts we did of last season about how the writing was kind of on the wall. Uh, we were we were all kind of expecting this. So, um, you know, I, I I'm I'm appreciative for what they've done. Um, Prince Mukamara, Taylor Gabriel, um, key contributors, like Kevin said. Um, but, you know, it, it was always going to happen. So um, it was just a matter of when. Well, what's crazy is Taylor Gabriel, debatably, before the Allen Robinson hookup actually happened, was Mr. Trubisky's favorite favorite target. Not just favorite, but most reliable. So, I mean, this is a huge – it'll be a huge test. I mean, how many how many tests is Trubisky going to have to have before we're all convinced or not convinced? But, I mean, this is – this is – his his pacifier basically he didn't have a tight end he didn't have um Allen Robinson in 2018 I mean I mean the connection he he had in 2019 wasn't there in 2018 is all I'm saying not Allen Robinson was still super skillful in 2018 but Allen Robinson was coming off the ACL injury and so uh, uh Taylor Gabriel is definitely that that guy um for Mitch Trubisky so it'll be interesting who that guy 
Um, the number two will be behind uh, Allen Robinson if they can get that. We could talk about that too next if you'd like. Uh, well, uh, the thing is with Taylor Gabriel, like he was the deep threat. Allen Robinson was a deep threat, of course. He was a jump ball threat. But Taylor Gabriel was that pure speed guy. Like he yeah. was the guy that could beat you downfield. I mean, look at just look at that Redskins game in week three. Like he burned the Redskins, Redskins secondary quite a few times. And of course, that's the Redskins, and you know they're not very good. But not even that against the Vikings, he did the same thing, and that was a playoff team. So. I feel like you're missing that speed element, but they know they have to address it. Yeah, well, I mean the, is, guy, the yeah. guy also has hands. Like, he's oh no yeah. Joke. If you just you watch any of his highlights, crappy throw or not, well defended or not, like he he made like ridiculous diving catches. Like the guy's skilled. Like he's gonna find a job somewhere. Like he deserves to get paid. I just don't know if the Bears are in a position to be able to pay him. Well, clearly not. <laughs> no, clearly <laughs> yeah. not. It, it leaves a hole in the roster, though. I mean, we can agree with that because, I mean, this is the Matt Nagy offense. And, and at this point, from what we could tell, the Matt Nagy offense isn't changing. It's not conforming. He's going to try to run this RPO stretch the field offense. So if he wants to do that, they have to find a replacement and they have to find a guy who's who's fast. And this is why I always keep bringing up this name, Robbie Anderson. I mean, he's just a free agent target. Um, but, you know, you look at some of these guys who ran real quick at the draft. It's like, okay, are we going to find a guy like that? Because right now that offense is missing that speed element. So for the next few months and uh, ahead of the draft and free agency, they're going to try to find their Tabor Ga- Taylor Gabriel uh, just with a different contract situation so that it'd be cheaper than if you had Taylor Gabriel on the roster. So it'll be really interesting to see how they fill that hole uh, with essentially a very similar player. Yeah, um, a name a name I've seen getting thrown around a lot is Albert Wilson. Mm. I don't know if you guys remember, he was um, he was linked to the Bears a couple off seasons ago, um, and then he signed with the Dolphins. Um, but I can't remember if he's a free agent or if he was just getting used as trade bait or whatever. But um, supposedly, like, he's getting linked to the Bears again. Um, I think that'd be a perfect replacement, especially if you can get him for cheap. I mean, he he does quite literally the same thing as Taylor Gabriel. So um, and you can argue he's a better player. So um, I think that's a name to watch out for, for sure. It's definitely interesting. But you mentioned you said there's a hole now. I mean, do we really have a hole like like? I mean, think about the guys we have on the roster. Is there is there really a hole there? So, I mean, do we really have to fill that position? Because um, Javon Wims, I mean, if these guys step up, Ridley, um, if Anthony Miller could actually use his skills correctly, like, is there really a hole, you know? That was going to be my next point, because really you're hoping Anthony Miller can become that number two guy. Uh, and really, as far as, far as the speed factor – Ridley posted a 4.61 on the 40 at the combine. Wims was a 4.5. So those are still pretty fast guys. Like you have this core. The thing is for me though, they're unproven. Gabriel was a proven yeah. commodity. You knew he could do it. Miller has been very up and down. Of course, he ended the last this past season. He ended it on a tear over the last like what five six games. And Ridley and Wims showed flashes. But yes, ideally, I think Josh, to your point, at their ceiling. Like, yeah, they have four very solid wide receivers and you don't have to worry about a thing. And then you can allocate that money to the offensive line or to a tight end. So, but that's ideal. Realistically, Anthony Miller develops into that two behind Allen Robinson and Wims and Ridley become serviceable, but no one you're really counting on to be a game changer. 
I've I've got this growing belief that the Bears are going to draft a wide receiver. I don't know why. I just think it's going to happen. I mean, I, well, the they draft one is, like every year. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. It's kind of bad. It's kind. But the problem is. Is you you said it you said okay these guys are unproven and it's like okay so we lose Taylor Gibber we lose a proven veteran guy and now we don't I don't know if we're there enough to say Anthony Miller's proven uh, I mean he's close to proven but we obviously know about uh, Allen Robinson but I just feel like they need one more reliable guy and obviously a weapon will come at the tight end position we hope. But, you know, just one more guy uh, to have if assuming Riley Ridley and Javon Wims don't take drastic steps. Yeah, yeah, it's See, definitely like, very up in the air. Go yeah, ahead, Chris. Like my thing is like I, I'm I'm totally in agreement with with uh, with Kevin. Um, I I think I think they definitely need a direct replacement. Um, the only thing is, I mean, we we talked we literally just talked about it. Like the receivers we have now are unproven, so would it really make sense to go and get another guy from the draft? Um, but then you also have the the other argument to that it's like i mean we're really tight you know we, we need to spend the money elsewhere um other than wide receiver and we have holes that we need to that we need to fill so would that be would that be efficient you know signing a, a taylor gabriel replacement that's why i feel like you know we're in such a tough position right now and you know it just could go, it could go either way honestly I, I but my thing is i don't think they can do nothing i, I don't think they can go into the season without replacing taylor gabriel i think i think that would, that would not be good even if yeah. even even if you hadn't like let's say we spent on an elite tight end and then didn't adjust address the the wide receiver position, do you still think uh, wide receivers needed if we had an elite tight end? Well, I mean, if you sign an elite tight end, then there's no way you bring in there's no way they're signing a, a, a Taylor Gabriel replacement. Then I think I think you'd feel a little bit more comfortable going through the draft in that case. Yeah. Cool. I th- I think with that is you feel a little bit more comfortable because let's assume Anthony Miller does make that, does finish this step and become a, an actual number two guy. And then you have, so then you have Robinson and Miller and let's say Austin Hooper. All right. There's your three, like really solid high end above average receiving guys. And then you have like, then you have Trey Burton as the backup tight end, still fine. Money's not great, but he's fine skill set wise as a backup. And then you have whims and Ridley to develop um, but I still think you need to develop these other positions. Like you can't just go, okay, awesome, done. We took care of it because you do have guys coming up for extensions and money and you're going to have to replace some of them yeah. because you're not going to be able to sign all of them. Yeah. So I think you have to keep addressing things as it comes along. Just just bring Daniel Braverman back. <laughs> I, I was going to say Dontrell Eanman. <laughs> give, give me Dontrell back. Yeah. Tanner, bring Tanner, Tanner Dentry. Got, Tanner Dentry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, he just, he <laughs> just got added to the, to the New York Guardians yeah. roster. Yeah, Braverman Tanner Dentry. Yeah, Braverman doesn't have a job. We got to employ that guy. I know. Well, Come on. He, isn't he like 5'8", though? So yeah, yeah. Isn't he pretty Something small? Like Something like that, oh. yeah. <laughs> Tanner Gentry, upcoming XFL star. Yeah. <laughs> just wait, wait on it. They, they they sent out a big Twitter post today announcing that he's he's being uh, active and everyone's like, let's go, Tanner Gentry, like training camp hero. Let's get it. Uh, I will say, though, that, uh, you know, Tanner Gentry, we, we should have he deserved better. We deserve to see more of him. But um, yeah. the XFL popping off, um, yeah. sticking with the what we just talked about, actually, tight ends. 
Uh, I didn't put it in the list in the Slack, but let's talk about it because it is going to be something we that the Bears address. Ryan Pace pretty much said, yeah, we're getting someone else. Like yeah. Burton and Shaheen alone are not cutting it. We're not counting on Horstead or Holtz again. Uh, you know, Hooper's out there. Henry's out there. Cole Komet from uh, St. Viator and then went to Notre Dame. He's a Chicago area guy. You know, who who is the top of your wish list? Because all of those guys are in reach for the Bears. I mean, Hooper's not going to price himself out. Henry's not going to price himself out. And and Kamei should be around there in the second round. So who's who are we shooting for here, ideally? You know, this is, this is tough, man, because I've been the Ebron guy, right? You know, I've said it so many times that, that I like Ebron. But, you know, there was a report from Jason Leiser just a few days ago, Bears B reporter, saying that they're actively pursuing uh, Austin Hooper. And, and that is a guy who I would honestly probably rather have more than Ebron, just as far from a health standpoint, is, is really what the difference is for me. Is because that guy has stayed on the field. Uh, he's a productive player. He does very well. He, he would work very well in this offense. But it, it, I mean, it ties back to everything we're going to talk about this offseason. That's price. And this is a elite level tight end, I would say, uh, in the league right now. And we don't have a lot of money. We freed up a little bit from the two cuts that we made, but. I just I think for what you're getting out of Ebron with the price is why I would take him because I would imagine Hooper is going for at least five million more than 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 Ebron in my opinion, but I don't really know what the market's looking like. Yeah, um, you know I I tweeted this out yesterday. Um, you know I, I I don't care who the tight end is uh, through free agency, but I think that no questions asked they have to address it through free agency i'm not willing to take a risk on another uh, rookie tight end i just don't think it's worth it um because yeah i'm not even going to mention why i'm saying that you guys already know yeah that's why jay giggled (laughs) right there but yeah um you know between hooper eric ebron and i mean how do you guys feel about hunter henry um, He'd be yeah. great if he could stay healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's so here. Like, here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start the flames a little bit. I'm gonna get the fans all riled up. Here we go. Philip Rivers to the Bears. Uh, <laughs> bring them together. Oh my <laughs> lord. Play, play. And then Hunter, Hunter Henry as a tight end. There we go. And well, then Daniel tomorrow. As a wide receiver three. <laughs> wide receiver three. <laughs> no, no, I think uh, I, I, I like would be awesome. Too. Yeah. yeah, he'd be awesome if he could stay healthy. Ever since that hip injury is, what, rookie year? He just yeah. hasn't been able to put it together. I think that's why Hooper is the guy here because I mean, just look at the last three years when he started playing regularly. 16 games played in 2017 and 2018, 13 last year, 70-plus catches in each of the last two years, over 650 yards each of the last two years. He just does it all, and he does have a good blocking game. And I, I think that what you're getting here is a true you yeah. tight end who can really yeah. p- catch passes. He can block a little bit if needed. And then you can slide Burton into that role where he was comfortable in Philadelphia, yeah. where he's kind of that rotational guy. He can catch, he can run, but you can't ask him to be there all the time because he's just not going to. I think Cooper is who you're shooting for. And I think there's going to be a couple other roster moves that free up a little bit more money that make that possible. To defend uh, Hunter Henry a little more, though, when even – so you said, like, since his hip injury hasn't been able to put it together, I just want to make it clear that when he's on the field, he's a boss. Like, yeah. Like, there's, oh, yeah. and I just want to make sure the fans, whoever's listening, know that, like, we're not saying that he's digressed on the field. Like, we, he can't just put it together, meaning he keeps getting injured. But, like, his injuries haven't, haven't, um, 
digressed his play at all. Is all is, I just wanted to make sure that was clear. Like Hunter Henry is a when he's on the field, he's a boss. Is, is all I just wanted to make sure that was clear. And then yeah. that's the term right there is when he's on the field. And this is yeah. why this is where the tight end conversation should surround is. We haven't had luck at that position because of injuries. So you go out and you get a guy who's prone to injury, and let's say that guy gets injured, you fix nothing, and all of a sudden you're spending $10 million more million on a problem that you're not even solving. So it, it's that's what, and that it goes similar to the draft case, right? You know, I don't trust, even if it's in the second round, even if it is a Bryson Hopkins, I don't trust a guy who maybe needs a little bit of development and then 2020 isn't very productive, isn't really ready to play. And then again, you, you, you use that pick on uh, a position and you don't fix it. So that's why I, I'm, I keep hitting on Ebron Hooper because those are established guys who, for the most part, for uh, Ebron, for the most part, stays on the field. Hooper, we know he stays on the field. Who I think you know, day one, impact players and are fixing that position for the better. Yeah, yeah. I will say that, you know, we've seen this trend in the last couple of years that anybody that the Packers go after, the Bears somehow scoop them up. And we had a report from MVC Sports uh, today that the Packers are going to make a run at Hooper. Uh, and we've seen this. What has history told us? Yep. Cleo Mack, Packers were super interested. Comes to the Bears. <laughs> Packers tried to take Vic Fangio from the Bears a couple years ago, stays with Chicago. Tried to take Kyle Fuller, stays with Chicago. So recent history is in their favor there. But I think you've got to shoot for the stars. You've got to go with Hooper. He's he's just – and he's still getting better every year, year over year. I think to Kevin's there, point – go ahead, Jeff. Is there any chance the Packers are doing that on purpose? Are they at, are they smart enough to do that, to to push up the price on these on these guys? I mean, I could see, I, I could definitely see it. I could definitely see it. But the thing is, I mean, like, if you look at it logically, I mean, it, it would make sense for them to go after Hooper. I mean, Jimmy Graham has given them literally nothing. He's been pretty much useless. Um, so, I mean, I, I feel like it would make a lot of sense for them to do it. But, I mean, I could see, I could see a scenario where they're just driving the price up 100%. Yeah. I think it's genuine. Uh, Devontae Adams, outside of him, they don't really have much. They need someone to pair with Aaron Jones and Rogers isn't getting younger. They got to take care. They got to take advantage of this window. As much as I hate to say it, this is a championship caliber team. And once he's gone, that window slams shut. They were able to prop it open a little bit more in the last off season. I mean, Hooper would definitely keep that alive. I think that any genuine interest is there, which is terrifying. They're also yeah. going after Kwiatkowski. I saw that report today. Is they're trying yep. to? They're one of the teams. I mean, they're they're one of many teams. Apparently, they're going after Kwiatkowski, and I, I don't think Kwiatkowski's staying with the Bears. I I really don't. I don't see it happening, uh, considering the salary. But let's hope uh, that he he doesn't go to Green Bay, and, and hope that he feels enough Chicago in himself to take pride in not going to Green Bay and, and go to a different team uh, if the money's right for him. <laughs> You would hope, but money talks. Money, money right. talks. talks. <laughs> it does. It does. Adrian Amos is a prime yeah. example. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> no, keep it. So we actually didn't really talk about this. Do we like any of the draft, any of the the tight ends in the draft or no? Yeah, um, that's great. Uh, I don't know, man. It's so like, I, I feel like they're, they're all in that same tier where, I mean, they're not great. They, they all look, I mean, good. There, there's a bunch of good tight ends. There's no standout tight end, um, in my opinion. Um, and in that case, I feel like that's, I mean, you're picking from a group of, of you know, five guys. And, you know, some, not all of them are going to pan out. Yeah, that's just the reality of it. So, 
Um, I just feel like it's too risky of a play. I, I, I'm, I'm out on that. I think it's a fair evaluation. I think that's how a lot of people feel, though. Yeah, like last year, there were two guys, like Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson, who were like surefire top oh, yeah. 20 picks. Um, and th- you don't have that this year. And obviously, where the Bears are sitting, uh, th- I don't, I mean, again, Bryson Hopkins, he, he, he performed very well at the combine, ran a pretty quick 40. I think he had like 25 bench press reps, uh, which is pretty impressive for a tight end. Um, but I mean, I just, I just don't think the Bears are even to draft a tight end at all, uh, even if it's in a later round. So there's nobody, uh, really that that's on my mind where I'm saying, you know, if he's available at 43 or, or at the second, uh, second rounder that it's a surefire take. Yeah. Yeah. I'm relying completely on you guys on draft draft <laughs> prospects. I have zero <laughs> clue. <laughs> well, even just to wrap up this point, even Hokinson and Fant, like they had their struggles last year, even like, I mean, look yeah. at Detroit. That's a, that's a prime example with Hokinson. So yeah, I think caution is good. Free agency, Austin Hooper. Let's make it happen. Um, all right. We have to talk about it. Everybody's talking about it. It's going to be the storyline until the season starts. And we're going to keep going, <laughs> keep going. And once the season starts, we have to talk about the quarterback position. Uh, and it's getting more muddled every day because this name enters the I want to be yeah. traded pool. And this name is going to get cut. And da-da-da-da-da and so on and so forth. Um Pace said that they are committed to Trubisky. I just want to say, and shout out to our guy, Aaron Lemming, friend of the program, who said, of course they're committed to Trubisky. He's the only quarterback on the roster right now. Of course they're going to say that. So that's a fair assessment. Um, and of course they're not going to go out and say, hey, man, you're done. Like, but when you read between the lines and you look at what else is happening, you know, if they were not if they were truly comfortable with Trubisky, it, they would have just said, all right, Chase Daniel. Come on down. We're, we're glad to have you back. They're looking for actual competition this time, whether that is an Andy Dalton or a Derek Carr or a Matthew Stafford. Like, they're looking for competition. They're looking for people to push Mitch. They're looking for someone to say, hey, if you don't do this, I am, and this is my job. And I think that's perfectly fair. I think that's how you get the best out of your quarterback's room. Um, and I'll just say it. I think that's why we end up with Andy Dalton in the Bears locker room next year. Not that I'm happy about it. Not that I'm happy about it. It, Yes, it makes sense, but no. He might be the cheapest. He might be the cheapest option. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, oh, my God, man. I I can't wait till they figure out who it is just so this could stop. It's just, yeah. I mean, mean, like, I'm doing it, too. That's the thing. Like, I can't control (laughs) it. We're all doing it. It's just like, yeah, like, that's the thing. I mean, like, until we figure it out, everybody's just, like, on edge, like, Oh, crap. This guy wants to get traded. But guys, let me there's a scenario that I read on Twitter. OK, I know Kevin is going to love this one. OK, um, so there's rumors of the Redskins trading up to two or, or not. Trading oh, the Redskins up, are taking, 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 taking two at, at pick two yeah. uh, instead of Chase Young. If they do that, would you guys be in, would you guys be for trading for Dwayne Haskins? Yes. absolutely yes yeah that's the thing they're gonna want a first round pick because they spent what what was he pick number 15 something like Uh, that something like that yeah yeah he was in the late teens thinking 14 uh, yeah something like that yeah mid to late teens so they're gonna want an equivalent pick back which as we know the bears don't really have but they do have those two second rounders so that'll work um 
And it just depends. Maybe you're willing to give up. Maybe they're willing to take on a Trey Burton. They just cut Jordan Reed. <laughs> maybe, maybe they're willing to take on a Trey Burton. Like you don't like if if you can finagle this somehow, I'm fine with Dwayne Haskins. But I still think you bring someone in. I still think you bring in a Mariota or someone to make it an actual battle. Yeah, I think, I think it's a waste of time. Like like we, we keep giving me options, different options. I don't I don't think I. Josh is Josh will only accept Tom Brady for sure. Like that's no, all. Like no, anybody no, we say, Josh will say no. Give it no, to me. no. Josh is only gonna accept Tom Brady for sure. I can no, see no, it in no. his eyes. I so I actually like for the number two behind Mr. Trubisky. I, I say let's let's just ride another year out. Like I actually have a very depressing view on uh, <laughs> on the Bears right now. But oh, uh, sometimes starts. <laughs> but um, our number two behind Mr. Trubisky, I would be totally down for uh, Marcus Mariota, actually, and just see see where that goes. Like, let, let Mitch play eight games, see where it goes. Let Mariota learn under um, – sorry, let Mariota learn the playbook. And then after eight weeks, if it's not working out, though, Mariota in. And if that doesn't work out, then we draft. See, the problem with that is that – this window, much like the Packers, you have this window right now. Cleo Mack's getting older. Guys like Eddie Goldman are getting older. You have this window right now where you can only keep it open for so long. So if you lose that, like you can't you can't afford to wait. Like if Mariota comes in, sure. Let's say you start four and four. Okay, we're making the switch to Mariota. It's not working. Mariota goes three and four over the next seven. You know, like you can't really you can't afford to wait for so long you can't ride it out for a year you got to go for it now you only have about two or three years left if that uh that that's the whole conversation about the quarterbacks and that's why everyone's so attracted to philip rivers and tom brady and Derek carr is because you know for those who don't believe mitch trubisky's the answer andy dalton solves nothing a draft pick solves nothing a mariota solves nothing so you either you're either a believer in trubisky figuring it out and getting pushed by a veteran or you're a believer that that's not going to work and we have to get an established guy to win a championship while we have this window and i and i get both sides of the argument um but that's why people are clamoring for starting uh, proven, you know, veteran players in the league because they know that this roster has talent and they just don't want to wait. Like Jake was saying, they don't want to wait on a on whether it is a Mariota who comes in, whether it is a Trubisky, whether it is a draft pick. They don't want to wait. They want to see this roster thrive and, and see this talent thrive with a capable quarterback. And that's why people get so worked up when Derek Carr posts an Instagram pic with Khalil Mack and, and <laughs> sets Bears Twitter on fire. It's because they, you know, they, they believe that the only opportunity for this team to win the Super Bowl is if they get a veteran proven caliber quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. I um you know the the whole Dwayne Haskins thing that that I just brought up, like I, I'm a huge believer in Haskins, but like I don't even know if I would do that just because it's you don't just know. the whole development thing. Yeah. You you really don't. And and you know it's just like we're in such a tough position right now. And, and like, I, I think we, we kind of like sugarcoated a little bit, but I mean, we're, we're not in a very good situation right now. And, and I think we knew this would be the case of Mitch, if we, if Mitch didn't pan out and, you know, I know oh, there are people sure. that still believe in him. I know there are people that still believe in him, but I mean, there's a reason why we're looking for another quarterback. So mm-hmm. I think, I think that that speaks volume. Um, yeah, so my my depressing viewpoint. I'll go ahead and talk about it. I, I'm not sure I actually believe this, um, but a part of me does. So I I think 
<laughs> I think trading for um, Khalil Mack has been more of a, a detriment to the team than a positive in the sense. Ooh. Like he's been. Ooh. I know, I know. I know. But <laughs> the only reason, the only reason we were 12 and four in 2018 was because of Khalil Mack. I believe that with all my heart. And if hypothetically, if we didn't trade Khalil Mack. We'd have all of our picks still. We'd be able to build on top of what we – like, we were in the process of rebuilding, and we threw in an elite piece way too soon, and now we're in this, like, rush catch-up mode, mode. Whereas if we didn't rush the build, I think I think we'd be in a better position right now. I think you, the you thing with me. that – I understand. I, I get no, it. I, like, I, just, I just think the thing with that is it's always easier – to look at draft picks and be like, oh, what could have been with a draft pick? But, you know, I will always take an established elite guy like Cleo Mack over the what if of a draft pick at 10 times out of 10. Yeah. Just because, and, and to your point about, yeah, the Bears were in the rebuild. And prior to that season, we were talking, oh, yeah, the Bears are probably an 8-8 eight and eight team, 9-17 and yeah. 17 at best. And then you add someone like Cleo Mack, that adds three wins to your team and, and just with him alone. I don't, and and also to your point, you know, you say the Bears were 12 and four because of Cleo Mack. You could say that about any one player on any team. I mean, you take Rodgers off the Packers, you take Delvin Cook off the Vikings. They're, every team has a guy like that, um, and I don't think it's too soon. I just think there were some hasty moves made around that. They were like, all right, we got Cleo Mack, let's make this happen. Like, we got to go, we got to go, 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 because this is happening. So I just think there were some hasty decisions there. Um, and now it's just you have to do a little bit of damage control. You have to do, okay, this didn't work out. How can we fix that? And I think that's why we're in this situation with Trubisky where the Bears realize, okay, we have Mac, We have this defense. We got we to gotta get this final piece in because the clock is ticking. And you have this kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, you have this time bomb. And, you know, it, it's getting there. You have probably two years left. And that's why there is such a rush with Trubisky. It's okay. You have honestly, I give him three games this year, probably before the Bears decide what they're whatever they're going to decide. Three games decide does he have it? Does he not? And and this is assuming he wins the job out of the out of camp too. I mean, which is a possibility that he doesn't. They're going to be quick with this because this is it. Like you you have two maybe three years to try and make something happen. Yeah. Yeah, Let me back I, up a little bit. I do want to say that I'm incredibly proud that Khalil Mack is a bear, and that will go down in history for the rest of the time. I'm just saying, like, just reflecting on the move and what would have happened if he wasn't a bear. Like, where would the rebuild be at now? And that's that's all I'm reflecting on. Like, I think he's a great player. I'm glad he's a bear. I, I just want to make that clear. I no, mean, sure. Yeah. I think it's it, it's it's crazy because – yeah, if Cody Parkey makes the field goal, that team could have won the Super Bowl. And then it's like, who cares about a rebuild? And it's like, I mean, th- there doesn't have to be a structured format about a rebuild. You know, everyone thinks that there is a structure and there is a process. And, and there is to an extent. But if you're ready to win and you have that much talent, you've spent that much money uh, on pieces around them. You know, why not just say win now? You know what I mean? Um, and, and that's where and, and look, Mitch Trubisky played at a you know, playoff level, uh, you know, a team ready to make a run that year. So I, 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 
you know, it's a reasonable argument to say it threw a fork in the development simply for Mitchell Trubisky because he's a guy that needed it more than everyone else. But the talent around him, what was in place there? I mean, I think if you go back and look at that, that was a champion. I mean, we know that was a championship team. And I, I, I don't think it, it, we have to say I don't, I don't think we have to go back and say, oh, that, you know, we could have been better this year. If that team had developed, I think without Khalil Mack at all in this whole situation, we don't, we, we don't go anywhere uh, with that team. So, I you know, I'm just grateful that, that he's on the roster and I'm kind of upset because I hope that those, you know, rumors of the Bears possibly trading Khalil Mack back for like number the second overall pick or anything. I hope those rumors, you know, didn't get to his head or anything and make him feel that he doesn't want to be uh, that the Bears organization don't want him you know, to be part of this plan going forward, because that's obviously not the message that they want to send. Yeah. But I think I think 2019 proved that this team isn't ready. I think the only person that's ready to win now is Ryan Pace. Like his job, his job is on the line. So he's throwing. I, I would disagree with that. Yeah. I mean, just just okay. because. So, so, Josh, here's my reason. For, here's my rationale for that. 2018-19, you had everything go right. You got Khalil Mack. You had this defense that was playing out of their minds. Kyle Fuller was an all pro. Eddie Jackson busted out. Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman were a force upstairs, like upstairs, up front. Uh, you had Trubisky, who was playing well. His mistakes seemed minimal. Sure, he had some kinks, but it was just little things that you could work on. And then you had these things coming together. Jordan Howard had a great season. Um, then you had this past year where you finished 8-8, eight and eight, and everything, everything went wrong. Eddie Jackson gets hurt. Akeem Hicks is gone for most of the season. The offensive line is terrible. You're struggling to get a run game. Trubisky's errors pop back up. So I don't think they're as bad as that season. I don't think they were as good as 2018. I think that's somewhere in the middle. I think it's like all things. The truth is somewhere in between both of those. I think this is a 10-11 win team. I don't think this is a 12-13 win team that is just going to annihilate everyone, hold everyone under 20 points a game. I don't think this is an offense or a team that's going to win seven or eight games and an offense that can barely score. I think it's somewhere in the middle where you're a team that, yes, your defense is be- better than your offense. That's not an argument. But I think that that's this been offense— has for a few years now. Right. Even before Cleo Mack, yeah. Right. So I think it's just somewhere in the middle. You're a 10-11 win team that if you get hot at the right time, like any team in any sport, you can make a run. I, I don't think it's as dismal. I get where you're coming from. I totally – you're making great points. It's totally uh, reasonable and to think like that. I just think you have to take one outlier with the other outlier and just smash them together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me – see what happens when Jake comes back. Just, we're just flowing. <laughs> let me ask you guys something. You put, you put Derek Carr on the Bears last year. Are they a playoff team? Yep. Yeah, I think so. I love Derek Carr. I, I think I, 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 I that's my dream it, guy. It depends if Derek Carr plays like he did last season, or if he plays like the his MVP or potential MVP season. I don't even remember when that was. I mean, he was playing lights out that season, and then yeah. he got hurt. So I don't. It depends on which Derek Carr we. Get. I, I have a friend that I follow on um, Twitter that is like a super. I dislike Derek Carr, and he's a Raiders fan. Um, and his only his only beef against him is he's just he doesn't finish games like he do, doesn't have a powerful arm like he has like a whole list and I I, I agree with the list but I I think in the right on the right team but how many times have we heard that with every yeah. player like, it, in the yeah, right it, system change of scenery guys yeah, yeah. 
So I don't know. I don't. The, the thing is, I love Derek Carr. I think he is my dream guy for the Bears to get um, because he's a guy that came in his first year. He transformed Oakland's expectations. They were in a yeah. playoff drought. He took him back. I think just the personnel around him has not been awesome. He had this I, coaching turnover from Del Rio to Gruden, which is a very, very big change yeah. from those two personalities. Um, and he had this roster turnover. It's just been constantly, he's never had the same receivers. He's never had the same tight end. Their offensive line is always changing. And then they trade his best friend from the team. I think, it, I think Derek Carr is the epitome of, he's got a lot of talent. I think just Oakland's given up on him. I think they just never really gave him a fair shot. Yeah, I, I, I actually tweeted this at the end of last season. Um, like, I don't think the Raiders even think Derek Carr is a bad quarterback. I just think it's just time for a change. Like, I, I just, I, for both parties, I think it's it's the best case scenario. Um, so, I mean, if the Bears were to jump on that opportunity, like, Josh brought it up. I mean, he finished third in the MVP race. Uh, I don't remember what year, a couple of years ago. I think it was and, 2016. And that, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was 2016. And, and I mean, like, I feel like that does not get talked about enough. Like, that's yeah. that's a pretty big deal. I mean, I don't know. Derek I, Carr I, completed 70% of his passes last year. 70%. I mean, the yeah. and then Jake mentioned, I mean, he's throwing a who? Darren Waller, and that's about it. I mean, Josh Jacobs out of the back. I mean, the guy's throwing a nobody. But, you know, obviously there's been a lot of smoke about the whole Derek Carr possibility because of the Instagram post or whatever. But for Bears fans, uh, you know, the only thing – that's going to allow Derek Carr to come to the Bears is if the Oakland Raiders go out and get Tom Brady. That, that's really to me, or Phillip Rivers, but they seem all in on Tom Brady. Uh, and we've gotten reports in the past few days that Tom Brady actually uh, is interested in testing for agency and interested in leaving the New England Patriots. And there are even people and sources, according to Adam Schefter, saying that it's unlikely now that he returns to the Patriots. So in order for Derek Carr to come to the Bears, someone first has to go to the Raiders because they're not just going to trade a franchise quarterback and, and, and start Nathan Peterman, who I believe is their, <laughs> you know, like they're not going to do that. Um, and, and like, well, imagine, they imagine they would trade an elite outside linebacker for. Yeah. That's, true, that's true. And I also, I, I think I just said Oakland like three times. They're the Las Vegas Raiders. And imagine, yeah. imagine you open up that new stadium. You're the Las Vegas Raiders. And who runs out of the tunnel? Tom Brady. I mean, that's a dream scenario for them. So, uh, you know, if you're a Bears fan who wants their car, you better hope that Tom Brady's uh, going to the Raiders in free agency. Okay, just, just a branch off question, really quick. What would you, what would you be willing to give, give up for for Derek Carr? That's the thing. Like, like what, what's, would you give up? Would you give up a first rounder for him? No, no. no? Would you? I give think up, not with all that money. He's owed a lot of money. Both seconds. No, I, I, give up. I, saw, I thought I saw a scenario uh, saying that Carr wasn't going to be as expensive as yeah. assumed. No, it, I mean, it, in the uh, grand scape of, like, what kind of money quarterbacks are getting, no. But it's still, like, in terms of what the Bears cap situation is, yeah. it's kind of a lot. Um, okay, I wasn't sure. Could, I, I had zero information on that. I was just yeah. curious. No, they could definitely make it work still. I'd be willing to give up one of the seconds – Riley Ridley and a future Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd. If they oh, take him, oh yeah, done. If I mean, that, <laughs> Chris, Chris very yeah. much has an opinion on that. <laughs> yeah, Wait, Louis, you said him, Leonard Floyd and a second? Yeah, I think that's fair. Are you kidding me? Oh, that's, I think that's a dream scenario. That actually that actually works. You might have to throw a conditional pick in there or something. 
but I think that actually works. The, the Raiders do need a, a pass rusher. They do. I mean, we better be getting we better be getting a mid round pick back or something like that. Fifth round. They're offering them. Sixth rounder. I mean, but, I, I this this the thing, man. Like, if you if you get rid of if you get rid of Leonard Floyd, you have to replace Leonard Floyd. I I think there's no yeah. questions yeah. about that. And the thing is, you take on Derek Carr's contract. I mean. You, you give up a pick as well. It's kind of like, where? how can you replace him, almost? Well, we're talking, like, main package here. Of course, there's always going to be conditional picks and this and that. But, like, Fair. as far as the money, as far as the money, like, if you move Leonard Floyd, the money kind of becomes a wash yes. there. Yeah, the um, money, yeah. You, you you get I more money so. out of that than you lose. Right. And, <laughs> and is so, it, yeah. and, uh, like, this is a decent, like, linebacker, edge rusher class in this draft, and... You know, guys like that are always easier to plug into a system than, say, a tight end or, you yeah. know, whoever. Like, I mean, obviously Leonard Floyd didn't work like that, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. you take another shot at it. I, I love Derek Carr. I love the idea of Derek Carr for the Bears. I think that is a perfect plug-and-play. And as far as the Raiders, like, let's not count them out of Teddy Bridgewater. Like, they have the money, yeah. especially if they trade Carr. And they have this whole new stadium. Like, I think that's the same effect. Like, you open that new stadium first game, Teddy Bridgewater walks out there. I think that's uh, not exactly the same level as Tom Brady-type hype, but that's still a ton of hype. People know him. People are excited for Teddy Bridgewater. No, yeah. I agree. I'm, I'm sold. I like Derek Carr. Meanwhile, was, meanwhile at, uh, quick at switch, Soldier Josh. Field. <laughs> meanwhile, at Soldier Field, you're going to have the red rifle running out of the tunnel. <laughs> I mean, let's not act like Andy Dalton wasn't a guy who was a top 12 quarterback yeah. in the league for a couple of years. How many times has he been enough. in the playoffs? Like, he's been in the playoffs a few times. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. I mean, but that's what I'm saying. Like, let's not just dismiss Andy. Would I be would I be ecstatic about getting Andy Dalton? No. Like, you definitely got to, like, draft a rookie or something, make it a battle. But um, I – Let's not forget, Andy Dalton has talent. Him and A.J. Green were one of the most feared duos in the league for a while there. Yeah. I mean, he, here's what I look at when I look at the quarterback situation. I want some, and I've said this before, I want somebody who can energize the city. I mean, we keep going back to this, yeah. you know, uh, this situation of running out the tunnel, right? And, and yeah, you run out of the tunnel with Andy Dalton, you know, <laughs> come on. You run out of the tunnel with Cam Newton, <laughs> my God, the place is electric. I mean, he's, oh, he's, Carolina's he's ripping his shirt Cam. I mean, I don't know. I, will, I mean, I, I'm just using him as an example. I mean, you need somebody to energize the city, energize the fans, energize the city of Chicago, and make them believe that the Bears are going to be something again. And and I still think you can get that out of Mitch Trubisky because, I mean, he, he is that type of player. But you, like, like Andy Dalton, man, I mean, I'm not getting excited. And it, although he has talent, I, this, you know, we talk about a team that needs motivation, needs energy. Andy Dalton, to me, does not bring that. Uh, the fans are not satisfied by that. Uh, he, he has good talent on paper, but for me, this goes beyond the X's and O's. This comes from a momentum. This comes from a whole locker room type uh, you know, situation here. And for that, since they need a guy who can energize. Let me make one point to that, to that statement, Kevin, then. If you're the Bears, do you really want a ton of attention and buzz around that move, though? Like, think of it this way. You already have everyone watching you. There's already going to be excitement or buzz or whatever energy, no matter what you do. So you made a point there, like, in the locker room. I think in the locker room, you want someone who's just going to be, like, quiet, 
come in, be like, all right, let's get to work. Let's do this. I don't think you want someone to come in there and be like, hell yeah, let's go. Like you don't really want that in that locker room. Like that's just not those guys either. I think those guys are like, man, we just want someone who can throw the ball. We just want someone who can win games. I think I don't think you want that jolt of energy. I don't think you want that lightning in a bottle type of quarterback. I love Cam Newton. I just think that that's ramping up the pressure even more unnecessarily. Really? Well, wow. in, in the event that they got him. I not to say I would be unhappy if you got Cam Newton, but to Kevin's point about getting this energy and this buzz, I think that like in the locker room they're just like we have the talent, let's just make it happen. Let's go. I think in, in that scenario Andy Dalton's perfect cuz he's just like a hey I mean, there's two sides of that. I mean, like, sure, that that's true. But, I mean, can, can you agree with me that the 2019 Bears on offense need a little bit of energy and need a little bit of motivation? I mean, I, we, can, we can all kind of agree on that, right? Like, that, that unit lacked excitement. It, like, fr- you saw it in the players. I mean, well, you they saw were making it. plays. They you make the plays, plays, you get the energy. Yeah, I mean, that, that's true as well. But, I mean, it just seemed like they were coming out of games flat. I mean, they come out of the, the, the tunnel, and then they wouldn't put up points until, you know, five minutes left in the third quarter. I mean, they need somebody to jumpstart this team. But I mean, what Jake said is, is a good point as well. I mean, that's why I say there's Thank two you. sides of it. I mean, yeah. that, that is a fair point. But I just think, you know, this city needs to be lifted up. I mean, the fan base needs to be – and this isn't about the fans. But, I mean, it just seems like there need there needs to be a reason for people and for the, the Bears to start believing in themselves. And I don't think Andy Dalton gets anyone believing about him. Yeah. I, I, I hear – I mean, those are both really good arguments, yeah. I, I just – Thank you. I don't, I don't know, man. I, I, if there's a way to get Cam Newton, I, I just – I can't, I can't budge off this take. Like, I, I just... Well, didn't Carolina a couple of days ago just say that they were going to keep him? I mean, granted, yeah, front offs to say yeah. everything all the time, but... That's the thing, man. Like, I'm taking all that with a grain of salt until free agency. I, I just, like... Yeah. like but that's the thing. So many so times. Let me say this to you, then. If you think Carr is going to be expensive in a trade, how much do you think a one-time MVP is going to cost? I don't think he'll cost it. I, I, I mean, <laughs> me neither. He's not going for that much. I mean, he's really Come not. on. Come on, guys. No, I don't think so. Guys. I, I really don't think so. I mean, Come I mean, look, on. Like, like, we, we you cannot about tell me that Derek Carr is going to cost more in a trade than Cam Newton. You maybe, can't maybe tell me more, you look at that. Eight, is an you, look you look at performance. Derek Carr beats out Cam Newton in all three of those categories in the past two years. Performance, age, and health. Shattered on live television, and then he <laughs> cried on national television. Yeah, but he's he, yeah. <laughs> that's not a category though. Crying on national television. <laughs> not a category. Look, look I, I, I think, I think, I mean, look, we can sit here and debate who'd be more expensive, but I, I don't think like I think they'd be in the same tier. Could you yeah, agree with that? I, yeah. I mean, like, I don't think one would be so much more more expensive than the other. I, I just. I don't know. And, and, yeah, it's I don't know, man. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just every QB that that could possibly, you know, come to the Bears has been linked to the Bears. And it's just like, Jesus, man, I, I just I need to I need to see who it is. Yeah. Like, we all need to see who it is. Fast forward to <laughs> April 28th. All right. Let's do to end the quarterback segment. Let's go around. Everyone pick who your ideal quarterback to start 2020 is. For me, it's Derek Carr. I've said that. So everyone else, pick your – who is your guy? Who do you want taking the first snap of 2020 for the Bears? Official snap. Week one. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, 
Cam Newton. <laughs> I saw that one coming from a mile away. I'm gonna stick with Mitch in 2020. I just yeah. I want to finish. What? I just want to finish. I just want to finish it. Like just finish the saga. That's my opinion. Fair enough. I mean, I I I'm agreeing with Josh here. I mean, it, all things considered, you know, I it, they get a veteran, they get a rookie. I'm okay. To, to, to I believe I'm a believer in Mitch uh, in a guy who can be enough you know obviously I'm a believer in him as a guy who can be enough I mean I respect his work ethic and and I, it, it really depends ideal like there's a difference between ideal and like reality right I mean I, the question was ideal and I guess in that sense I'd probably go Cam Newton but in reality I think I think it's going to be Mitch Trubisky and in that sense I, I really wouldn't be you know as upset as a lot of other people in order for my scenario to not be true of the Khalil Mack trade being pointless blah blah, blah in order for that trade to not be pointless is Mitch Trubisky has to has to play up to his hype or play up to average like he just has to be good enough like like kevin's saying like and 2018-19 right we know that yeah in 2020 it, it it in order like in order for all the moves that happened before trubisky i mean before this season in order for all those moves to be worth it trubisky has to be the guy like and so 2020 like I don't know. I'm, unless uh, I don't know. I feel I, like I, you're putting your own brain in a blender here, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you're, feel like you're it, running yourself in circles. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like you're talking yourself in and out of your own arguments. Yeah. I, I don't know. In order, in order, all I'm saying is, in order for Khalil Mack to be worth it, all those trades, all those picks that we gave up, uh, all the money that we paid him, in order for that to be worth it, Mr. Trubisky has to do his job. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. And so, I think. 2020 if we can just get pieces around him for him to do what he's supposed to do like i would love for it to be trubisky like screw all these these other all these other guys like i would love for it to be our chicago guy who we picked from the beginning like the cinderella story whatever you want to call it like i i would love for it to be trubisky and so i I, i'm 2020 all for trubisky but ideally that's my guy ideally that's my guy look like like Winning, winning with Mitch Trubisky, like winning a Super Bowl with Mitch Trubisky, would feel so much sweeter than that'd be the sweetest thing of all. time. Yeah, I think we can all agree with that. But it's just like, it's kind of just what we've been talking about for literally ever. It's just like how, like we just can't wait. I mean, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, man. It's it's so tough, man. It's so tough. Like there's so many different routes they can go from here. Just a wait and see game, I guess, at this point. Or maybe maybe subconsciously I'm waiting for Trevor Lawrence. I don't know. Oh no! It's it's something that we're gonna talk about for the rest of the year. Um, all right. One thing that I want to talk about before we get to the would you rather is I want to talk about one of the comments that Nagy made at the combine. He said that he's looking for guys to feel a chip on their shoulder this year. And he wants to feel like everyone is competing for their jobs. Uh, he said, if you don't, you feel content and you play content, you don't have that chip. I had a lot of different individual talks with players. And I'm not going to get into who they are or where they're at. But there are some guys and they know who they are that can play with a chip on their shoulder. And that's part to me that going into this year, I want to see if they have that chip. So when you look at that 
and you kind of think about what that means, it seems like Nagy's saying, like, it doesn't seem like he said it. There was complacency last year. Guys were kind of resting on the laurels of 2018-19, and now it was kind of a shock last year where it was, okay, hey, we got to actually put the work in. And there's some concern where you lose Kyle Long, maybe you lose a little bit of that edge. What do we think about these comments from Nagy? What do we think that he is he can try to do to keep that edge and keep the Bears focused going into this season? Actually, I, that question, and then also name two guys that you think were complacent last year based off mm. personality or based off play. Wow. So both, both those questions. Um, look, I, I think – I think a start for for my, like, in my opinion, I know we just talked about, you know, how great it would be if Mitch were were to lead us somewhere. But in my opinion, I think it starts with bringing in a QB. I think, I think the guy, look, I think the offense starts believing again. If you bring, if you show that you're serious about, you know, actually improving the quarterback position, I think that, that, I mean, how could you not get excited about that? If you're, if you're, you know, Allen Robinson, if you're Anthony Miller. Um, and you know, it's just, it's just one of those things. I I think that's, that's the start. That's the start of how he can prevent complacency. Um, but I mean, in terms of in like during the season, I mean, we'll see how it plays out. I don't really have a a coach's speech right now, but, um, you know, I, I think he's just, just got to stay on top of the guys and, and, you know, maybe even, you know, just, just look back at these last two years and just show them the difference of, of, you know, a team that looks inspired versus a team that, you know, just was flat. Um, yeah. And, you know, when I read that quote, I, I, I really don't want to like single any player out, but just for the sake of argument, like one guy that comes to mind is, is just Anthony Miller. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I, that's the one of the guys I, I thought of right away. I, I, I don't know why. And I, I could be wrong. I'm not saying it's true. It's just who that's where my mind drifted. Um, Cause I, cause look, I, in my opinion, I think he was playing with a chip on his shoulder in 2018. He, he looked mm. like it looked like two completely different players almost. Um, I know he looked a lot better, you know, at the end of last season. But um, before that, it just it just seemed like, you know, just just flat. And I think that's the best way to put it. I agree. I think the first 10 weeks of the season was Anthony Miller was going to be one of mine as well. This, um, I, I think what Matt and I said is 100% true, and it, it was 100% evident. You know what I mean? I mean, you, again, we, we, how, we did not score points in the first half of games, and, and that speaks right to, you know, the intensity and the fire that you come with uh, when you step onto the field. Uh, and it was almost like a Super Bowl hangover for a team that didn't win the Super Bowl. You know, a lot of these guys said, you know, okay, th- th- this is easy, right? This is smooth sailing. We have the same roster going from 2018 to 2019. What's going to be different? What's going to change? So that's where they said, you know, we can, we can, we can, you know, settle a little bit. We, we can, you know, not go 99% of a rep, but maybe go 95% of a rep because we've done it before and we have confidence that we can get back to that point. Um, and, and, you know, I think part of that comes from having a rookie coach. You know what I mean? You know, this is a rookie coach who hasn't been, you know, in a situation like this before. And in his first year, they go 12 and four, you know, maybe he, didn't do as good of a job of preaching that, you know, we got to keep hammering it in. I know 2018 was great for us, but we got to keep hammering it in. We got to even work harder to reach where we want to be in 2019, 2020. So I think it's it's really important to recognize that Nagy himself 
saw that these were the things that were happening. Because, I, you know, a lot of times when I see teams come out flat, you know, that's attributed to the coach most often, right? That's attributed to the coach not preparing their team. Um, so I'm not trying to be too critical on Matt Nagy, but I think it's super important to see that he recognized the issue. And now they say, okay, let's fix the issue. Let's take everything 100%. Let's not settle and let's move forward. And, and, I, and one last thing, I know I'm rambling, but um, I, I, I've mentioned this before. It's important for them to recognize a losing season. And I think I've, I've said this before. This might be all part of the process, right? Things were great. Things were awesome in 2018. Now they feel the hardships. They feel the pressure. They feel the atmosphere. Now, how do they build off that? They've seen both sides. They've seen each side of the coin. They know how it feels in each scenario. Now they know how to use that in 2020. So yeah. Anthony Miller was one of mine. Yeah. Uh, my other one is because the the reason I'm picking this guy is because part of that quote stuck out to me is I'm not singling anyone out and it doesn't matter where they are now or who they are, which implies to me that it's someone who has left the team. Mm. And I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Prince of Mukamara. I think that mm. he got that contract. He got that extension after playing really well. And he was like, all right, we did it. Like that was his first real big contract. Like that was his first like multi-year like got rewarded for his play outside of something that was more than a one or two year deal. So I think he got that contract. It was like all right, awesome, like cool, yeah. Awesome. Like so I, I think he's one of those guys. Um, you know, obviously the other option there was Taylor Gabriel. I don't believe that he was complacent. Yeah. You could just tell from the way he played, the way he came back from the concussions. Uh, he wanted to be there. He wanted to contribute. So yeah, that's my Josh. Who are your two? I'm interested to yeah. know because you came up with the question. Yeah, it's super. It's a super tough question because we're when you say someone look complacent, you're challenging their character too. So these are just assumptions yeah. by all of us. But um, so I, I mean, even based off like Twitter and and just watching how they react to things, I, I would say Tariq Cohen was a complacent, got complacent as well. Like yeah, he, yeah. like you, you watch a lot of these guys on Twitter and like they're super into video games and I'm okay with, I'm a video game guy too. I don't play a ton, but I do know that if, if I don't watch myself, I, I can get addicted. Like I can start playing way more than I should and blah, blah, blah. Like, and so I have to have surround people around me who will, who will hold me accountable. Like, Hey, I think you're on a little too long, blah, blah, blah. All I'm saying is uh, I feel like Tariq Cohen is very into his his uh, video game career and how much he plays. And I'm not his dad or his, mo or his mom. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say. But I am saying that it did seem like he took a step back on his skill level as well. Like, we know that all these guys are capable. So it's weird, weird to watch these guys go from, like, potentially almost elite status to, like, where where is he at? Like, what is he, <laughs> what is he doing? Like, I don't understand. Um, and so I, and another guy that just popped into my head and I know zero about, and this could just be an ignorant comment, but, uh, um, either Bobby Massey or C Cody White yeah. I feel like took a giant oh, step yeah. back as well. O line um, in general. So oh, yeah, I was going to say the whole offensive line really. And that could also be due to, uh, and I bring his name up a lot, but Jordan Howard, like you lose, like Jordan Howard, despite his, his, his deficiencies with the catching and then he's not very fast and blah, blah, blah. The dude can find holes. Like that was one of his skill sets. Like granted, he touched his feet the last season he was here and he tripped, whatever, but he found the holes. So like, despite how good the, or bad that the offensive line was for, for the bears, like Jordan Howard was good. Um, and I, I think that could be a, a reason for the setback or the lack of, I mean, the complacency. I don't know. Like you lose a friend in, in the locker room and, now, 
He's gone, Josh. Let it go. <laughs> the bit is all. Oh Let like it go, Josh. He could come back, though. He could. I saw some rumors. I, I, awesome. I, I knew he was going to bring it up. I knew he was going to say <laughs> that he saw those Eagles rumors that Howard's on the block or whatever. And, yeah, and well, he, he's, he's a free agent, hope believe, with Josh right? Lyles. <laughs> he, he's a free agent, I believe, no? Oh, right is now? Yeah. I think yeah, it might be one more year. No, no, no. I think this is it. I think this is it. Oh, okay. He's so he was on a one this is his fourth. Huh. This is his fourth uh, year on his uh, rookie oh, contract. Oh, true. Yeah, because he right. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I got confused. We yeah. We traded him. Uh, yeah. Time flies, man. <laughs> yeah. So either now. they gotta extend him or or he's he's gone. No, no. He's gone. Way. Oh, he's okay. gone. He's gone. Yeah, he's they gone. they they have a belief in Miles Sanders. He's the RB one. Yeah, look at look at Jay. Let's go. <laughs> he said, let's go. No, um, I don't know. Yeah, it's DraftKings I mean, Net. DraftKings Net has the Miami Dolphins as a potential landing spot, as well as the Chargers, and that's it. <laughs> I would like you no. Know, go to the Chargers. I, the Chargers make sense, actually. I I could see that. Yeah, they, they, they let Melvin Gordon go. Melvin they go Gordon, they go yeah. draft Tua, and I think Chargers could be a really a contender. The, the, the thing is, look at this though. Like bruising running backs are kind of going out. Like Jay Jai didn't have a job last year. Legarrette yeah, Blunt somehow hung on for his. Like he's the outlier. Legarrette <laughs> Blunt just kept going and going yeah. and going and going. Yeah. Like these bruising running backs, like they don't, they just don't last anymore. So they're kind of out of style. Jay Jai was one of the best runners in what 2017. Did he really not have a job at all? Did he not yeah, get he, picked by anybody? He didn't. He didn't play last year. So you know, wait, well, are you he, telling me he, you telling me Marshawn Lynch uh, got a job before Jay Ajayi did? Yeah. What well, is going on I, with Ajayi? Ajayi got signed by the uh, by Our, who was he, it? Um, he got picked up he, like late, late. Yeah, very late. Okay, so he was on a roster. I think it was the Lions, was it not? I think it was the Lions for like a week. Yeah. Like it was very yeah, brief. Yeah. It's so yeah, no, I mean, well. Either way, Jay Ajayi didn't do anything last year, and I think that was the point Jake was trying to make. So, yeah. Yeah, sorry, sorry. And that was your Jordan Howard <laughs> He Jay signed Jai. with the Eagles on November 15th and then was cut on, on December 23rd. So, he was with the Eagles in 2019 for, like, a month. Oh, and yeah. Then after, the and after that, he was with nobody else. So, yeah. I, I, think he, I think he had worked out for the Lions. That's what it was. Yeah, that's or something was. like that. And Would that you be open to the Bears Brown. getting Jay Ajayi? Yes. <laughs> Let's start that conversation. <laughs> oh, God. All right, we need to move on from out of style running backs. We need to we need to move on from Jordan the ghost Hark, of Jordan Howard. Okay, <laughs> leave him alone. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, all right, Kevin, as I believe you have a would you rather prepared for us. Yeah, we, we've we've got two. Uh, we've got two all would right. you rather's. So uh, these are some interesting ones, uh, uh, kind of peculiar. But the first one is about a guy that Chris Nan and I have talked about. His name's Justin Jefferson. Okay, he's from LSU. Had 111 receptions. 18 touchdowns in one single college season. It's uh, it's absolutely unbelievable. Uh, so I and we we kind of exercise this possibility. If Justin Jefferson is available at 43, which to me is highly possible considering the depth of this wide receiver class, would you rather take Justin Jefferson or the best available offensive lineman at pick 43 if you're the Chicago Bears? Oh my God. That, I know it's 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 an extremely good. hard question, but I mean this goes back to the conversation we did with Chris Black about are you taking best player available or your mm-hmm. best player available at a needed position? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, man. Uh, All right, Chris, if you're still thinking, I have an answer. 
Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I think this depends. I think as of today, you're taking Jefferson in that spot just because his talent level is ridiculous. But if free agency works out the way that we think it will, where you sign a tight end or you sign another receiver, then you have to take an offensive lineman out of necessity. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. My thing is, if if Justin Jefferson is available at 43, um, I think, I mean, I don't know many guys that would be better that would be available at that at that spot. Look, they call Je- Justin Jefferson's nickname is literally Jets. Okay, he, <laughs> he would be he would literally be a replacement for Taylor Gabriel. Um, he's insanely talented, and he can do more than just you know he's more than just a, a deep threat i mean he, he's just a, in my opinion a complete receiver he's a very solid route runner good hands i mean he's a great blocker too that's one thing that he doesn't get enough credit for he is a great blocker um so i, I i'd have to go justin jefferson too I, I mean i think that's best player available kevin white was a great blocker too oh god oh, come on, come on Josh, that's a low low <laughs> <Boo. laughs> i Apparently, I live in the past. Yeah, it's just, it's you, do. <laughs> you do. You do. <laughs> oh, my God. Look, Justin uh, Jefferson ran a 4-4-3, uh, 37.5 vertical jump, 126 broad jump. Uh, pretty damn good prospect grade. I was watching the combine yesterday. So, um, you know, I, I think it would have to be him. You know, if it's like a LaVisca Chenault or something, I don't think you'd do it. But I think nope. uh, Justin Jefferson's a guy who you can plug in in my opinion. And we talk about players who you can plug in for the Bears and for teams that have open windows. He's a plug-in guy, in my opinion. And that's why I brought that question up. But Josh, you have any other thoughts, uh, any official answer? No, I mean, my only comment is best player available. I don't know anything about the draft. So I don't even know anything about this guy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Zero. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, our, our second would you rather, and, and you guys are going to like this one. Um, so we talked a little bit on Twitter about the 40-yard dash after Kyle Long proposed the question, you know, what would be your 40-yard dash if you had to run it today, honestly? So so I ask you, if you had to race either Akeem Hicks or Kyle Long, who would you rather have to race against? <laughs> Akeem Hicks or Kyle Long? I mean, I don't – these are big fellas, but I don't know which one can move faster. Uh, Kyle Long's lost a lot of weight. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, King Hicks because Kyle yeah. Long looks like similar to a normal human size now. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think I would definitely go. I would definitely race a King Hicks. Yeah, he would probably. Dude, I still think it would be close though. Oh yeah. Between them? Oh yeah. Like it's. Yeah. I think a King Hicks is fast. Dude, is he? Is he? For a forty? I think so. Okay, I'm looking it up. Kyle Long. How long ran a 5-1-1, which is not bad. I mean, for a guy his size, a 5-1-1's, you know, decent. Akeem Hicks ran, I can't even find it. It's probably 5-2-3. Okay, so yeah, it's it would be close. Yeah, it I'm going I'm going I'd rather race Akeem. Yeah. I'd rather yeah. race Akeem. Yeah. I think Do you so think too. you could Jake, you, you said you'd think you'd run like a uh, a 5-7 or or five, yeah. I don't know what you said. <laughs> Do you think you could beat Akeem? Yeah, so I, I've done some backpedaling on that now that I realize how out, how outrageously slow 5-7 is for a 40-yard dash. But I still think I'm barely, like, I don't think I'm cracking 5 still. Okay. okay. I, I okay. still think I'm probably at, like, a 5, like, a 5-0-3 or 5-0-5 or something. So you're confident you'd beat a king. 
Yes, I, I still think I could beat Akeem X. I 100% agree with Jake, though. Like, I would definitely hurt myself. Oh, yeah, I'd blow <laughs> it after, like, for real. I'd be 100%, in the hospital after 100%. that. Oh, yeah. I would have to, like, dive the last <laughs> yard. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's all I got for Would You Rather, though. We got to keep that one go, keep that segment going. I think that's a fun one. Uh, but, you know, with, with all the quarterback talk and the tight end talk, that's uh, we're going to keep it for a shorter uh, Would You Rather for this one. And then it, it'll heat up as the offseason goes for sure, though. All right. Yeah. That was a great episode, and I want to I want to end it while we're talking combine. So we talked forty yard dash time. Uh, so I want to end it with this: the bench press of the combine is two twenty five. How many reps are you getting up? Oh three, man, three maybe four. four. Five. Yeah, four five. Not a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. two twenty five is a lot, boys. Like, that's, I, yeah, yeah, I, I know. Mean, I was gonna say maybe two. I think I can get yeah. three. Josh, One. all that box lifting. He's just—he's yeah, got the he's upper got body those, strength. Those, yeah, he's got that. <laughs> <laughs> he's got that. Oh, all right, boys. What an episode. What a return episode for myself and Josh Lyles. Yeah. We have to try and get on the same schedule more often. But this was fun. We had a lot of information. Got the folks a lot of different perspectives. Uh, we were able to look at each other this time. That was pretty weird. Yeah, it's just uh, some video content. We'll see what yeah, happens. It's interesting. But action-packed episode we will be back when more news breaks or more events are happening but for now this has been bears nation podcast for myself for chris for kevin and for josh we'll see you next time and as always bear down bear down